Hi there and welcome. 257. Welcome to the podcast. It's Eric Chase and the fam. It's Eric and Alex here today. Hello, gorgeous. Hey. Shwello. Shwello. I say Shwello more than you say it now. Why did you drop I know. Sh- why'd you drop Shwello? I don't know. I still answer my phone that way. Okay. <laughs> that's that's real professional. I did that once and it was a pharmacy. She's like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, on my on my voicemail it says Please don't leave me a voicemail. You're better off texting or emailing me. And I always wonder, like, what does a professional office do with that? Like, I'm not texting you. I'm the doctor's office. I got test results. We can't send it via text. I'll leave a message and you'll call us back or you'll die. That's it. Speaking of which, I have finally. So do you know how I've been having the plight of trying to get my medication since, like, end of August? Yeah. I is going to be delivered to me on Friday. At long last. It's not the one that I need. It's a different one because I couldn't get the one that I needed. So they, they're giving me an alternative. But there was all this drama about it having to go through like a specialty pharmacy. And then it was costing me oodles of money. So I had to get some, um, I had to get some like patient access support and a voucher and I make pretty good money so the fact that I needed a voucher I was like whoa <laughs> it's annoying uh, is that like the uh the, the coupons that a lot of doctor doctor's offices offer to get x amount of dollars off some medication if your insurance is nightmarish or useless that's good rx so no it's not good rx this is a it's literally a debit card that has money on it that got it from from the drug company itself like the right. drug the the drug company itself you go to the website and you can sign up for it, and they'll give you a, a virtual debit card that has $15,000 on it. And you you give that debit card to your pharmacy. I'm fam- yeah, I'm familiar with it. I, and I, I know good RX, but yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm familiar with all the, the trade. It's, it's kind of weird that yeah. the place that's charging you gives you money as well. It's so outrageous. <laughs> I'm like, do you not want to get paid or? <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Well, good. I'm glad you've you've got that. As you you get going with that, will there be any side effects or anything? Um, I hope not. Although you'll get a kick out of this. They called me today specifically, and they're like, "We just wanted to get uh, talk to you about two side effects that we felt like you needed to know about." I said, "Okay." And they said, "Don't get any vaccines." And I said, "All right. I already got a flu shot." They're like, "Oh no, that's okay. You already got it." And also, don't get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Because I was concerned last week. You were, your ovaries were, were like on the Richter scale shaking things. So I'm glad you got shaken out of that. And then yesterday you were loving on some friend's post who's yes. pregnant. Yes. Um, if you want, I, I'll let, I had Beth, Bethany didn't reach out to you today, right? No. All right. So Bethany said, um... Do we have a schedule tomorrow? I said no. And then she says she's good with anything in the afternoon. All I do is feed my kid, launder dirty clothes, and clean up poop. She pooped and peed on me today. I said, you need to text Alex this immediately. (laughs) So I am like, I'm in such a place with Thomas where I just love on him all the time and want to have his babies. But I know, like, I still think with my forward brain and that I'm not, we're not going to do that right now. But it was funny. So then I, the next thing I asked was I said, okay, well, how long do I need to be off of my medication 
before I can like get pregnant. And they said about five months. And I was like, oh, what? Good. I have to be off of my meds almost half a year before I get knocked up. Like, what's the alternative? And they're like, ibuprofen. Yeah, good. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, it's a challenge. A friend of yeah. mine, like a, a pretty good friend of mine yesterday texted me and, and she asked me about Cymbalta. And um, I was surprised she didn't, ask the questions of the prescriber or the prescriber didn't fill her in because she's like, are there side effects? Mm-hmm. Um, do I take it in the morning or at night? And I was like, don't know. I mean, I don't notice. Actually, I have, there's a sex drive thing uh, mm. with my Cymbalta. Um, there's that, but I, I hardly ever notice it. And then I guess there's some insomnia, but I can't figure, I've never been able to figure that out whether that's just, I is it more insomnia from the medication or is it just my usual insomnia? So oh. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, there are no problems for me and I just take it at night, but I always tell people in look in the same way that it, another drug might help you more than it's helping me. You know, you got to do this on your own and I get that that's kind of scary, but our, our body chemistry is, is so different and mm-hmm. drug companies, they do a lot of tests and everything, but they can't account for everything because they can't test every individual. So you got to, you're gonna go at it on your own. Yeah, it's a it's interesting, and so now it's, and this is an this is an infusion by injection. So now I'm on two different injections, and I have to change my schedule. So I just I, I'm like, all right, like I can handle that. It's better than me having to go once a week for an eight hour infusion of this medication. Like I'd rather not. So <laughs> I'll take it. I'll you know I'll make it work. I'll take it, and then when the time comes, I'll hop off of them. But it'll be a while. When I allow that time to come. <laughs> well, the last time I, I had to go off my meds for my surgery a couple years ago, and it put me into a full-blown lupus flare that got me, like, pneumonia in my lungs, and it was a, a nasty mess, and, like a fever, and I it was awful. Like I texted you the other day, do you really want to pass this shitty DNA on to a kid? <laughs> well, nobody else in my family has autoimmune disorder, so it might not be, gen- I mean, it is genetic. Pete, that's enough got his toy he's having a ball yeah now i don't know maybe maybe in a couple of years i'll be fine that's like when you know a couple of ugly people this is these are the things <laughs> things that i think like when a couple of ugly people who might have an idea that they're they're ugly do they ask themselves do we want to pass this hideousness on it's like when you think about what you're going to name your child you always run it through the filter of are people going to make fun of this how are they going to tease the child well i mean look in the mirror and go do are, are like should we be making a kid or are we just going to give this kid years of looking like the the thing in the basement from goonies well for- <laughs> stop that poor baby first of all you, I shall never marry somebody that I'm like, oh man, I'm ugly. And they're like, yeah, girl, you are ugly. Like we probably shouldn't, you know, procreate. Like no way, no way is that ever going to happen. And plus ugly people have babies. I mean, Donald Trump has kids. They have ugly babies. I mean, <laughs> <And> they're- <laughs> you're passing that ugly DNA on. That's true. Cause um, Eric Trump is a little special, special. Don Jr. is halfway decent looking. And Baron, but uh, Tiffany Trumpet. Oh, Ivanka's very pretty. Now, Ivanka yeah. got all of it and then didn't give anything to anybody else. Um, I want to come back to the baby thing, uh, but you bring up the Trump. And last I've seen, Arizona is called, and 
I, I'm good. Dra- let's just drag this thing out forever because I know Trump is just getting angry and in agony. So as long as we can kill him by like, it's not death by a thousand cuts. It's death, death by thousands of mail-in ballots. So Nevada can count until the cows come home and I'll just keep watching all the memes come out. Have you seen the meme with Kamala Harris and it said mail-in ballots be like, and then it's a picture of Kamala and it quotes her saying, I'm speaking I'm speaking. No. <laughs> and I was like, that's funny. My, fa- my favorite one is because he is my all-time favorite Sesame Street character. The Count uh, is getting a <laughs> lot of love. <laughs> and the one I just saw before we hopped in the air was uh, Trump's tweet saying, stop the count. And somebody took the count from Sesame Street and, and it says, the fuck did I do? I thought you would have loved the Thanos one the, the best. I do like that. I were Thanos the, instead of uh, stones or infinity states. Yeah, so, I thought you liked that one the best. And I just checked; they have not called Arizona yet, and Arizona's only got like eighty nine percent of the vote in. I I I think I saw Fo- I, I saw I saw Chris Wallace on Fox News arguing with his own people, saying our Fox News desk is. But you know what? I don't know. I feel like at this yeah. point um, we have won. So I, I'm sorry for being so I guess condescending, and I'm I'm trying to watch myself, but I I feel good. It's it's a total 180 from going to bed on Tuesday night and even waking up yesterday morning. Did you? But I will always may, tell me if you want to have this conversation another day. But I have talked about this more than once on the podcast before it comes up every time it came up last night i really do struggle with the fact that there are two different realities for people and that like people are seeing legitimately two different things there was somebody last night that commented you know, didn't comment they made a post that was that ended up in my news feed that was talking about like anybody with a logical brain will understand why trump is suing these states and i'm just like girl I don't know what you see, but the sky is blue, not green. Like, I don't get it. (laughs) I just, I don't get it. And I don't want to belabor this, but just the the one point of, I listened to Fred's show on WSPD today and and it was, it was, it was totally an alternate universe. So I I heard some calls Mm. and it's, it's like the people that you see online, like, isn't it surprising that all these mail-in ballots are going towards the Democrats? Like, yeah, that's why he told them not to mail in their ballots. So then maybe they might not go to the polls that day either. But, um, yeah, I I don't want to go anywhere with that stuff. Now I'm just kind of like uh, doing the victory lap or at least warming up for the victory lap. (laughs) You're getting ready for your party parade. And things can get back to normal. Like I was listening to my to, to the sports talk host the other day that I like, and he was he's super rich, so he's always lean conservative. But he even reached the point where he's like, "What this guy is tweeting is it's just not acceptable." And he said yeah. the other day, uh, or yesterday, I was listening to a show. He's like, "I just want to get back to like n- never talking about the president." Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that a Joe Biden presidency is going to be exactly that, except for the fact that like. Our Senate might still be Republican led, which means they're going to like um, they're going to softball toss anything or hit hit anything that he's going to try to pass. Like they're going to try to block everything. They're going to do the same thing. And, and uh, this is, again, a deep dive into another conversation, but they're going to try to do the same thing that um, they complained Democrats were trying to do with Trump. Don't don't be surprised if that 
that doesn't happen. Mitch McConnell has already come out and said, we'll work with Biden. We're not going to do any of the wild progressive crazy shit, but we will absolutely work with him. Remember, a lot of those Republicans had to bite their tongue to Mm. work with Trump or just throw their hands up with him. That's true. It will be more of the normal political sludge of Washington that will happen. So that's true. I'll take that. And I wasn't, and I'm not, I don't like, even when I made that comment last night, that post last night, I was trying, I specifically am saying, I'm not faulting you for thinking the way that you think. I mean, I would prefer for you not to deliver it in a way that is calling somebody like me an idiot and illogical. I'm not going to do the same thing to you, but, um, I just, it is, I will never understand it. I honestly won't even with people who have had two different upbringings, two different experiences in life, I still don't understand how you're telling me the sky is green. I know it's blue. You know? <laughs> I don't get it. Um, how was uh, how was Thomas's dentist appointment? I don't know. He's not home. So, because you thought, said we were going to go later so you could pick him up. So what's the story with him? He didn't need... Um, he messaged me and said that... Oh, oh, oh. oh. He's home. He must be. Oh yeah, he's home. You want let you want let's ask him. Hi, honey. How was your um, dentist appointment? I'm on the podcast, so don't say anything embarrassing. It sucked. Can you hear him? It was nice. He said it was really nice. They Did they get- give you drugs? Are you on now? Oh. <laughs> Look at him. He's like, oh no, but it was really nice. The drugs. The, ha- the happy gas. <laughs> the happy gas. You have to go. Where are you going? Oh. Oh no. Can you wait a little while and and then I'll be available? Like thirty minutes. Or go sit on the toilet or something. I'll be done by the what? time you're done. I'll be go done. Go sit on the toilet. <laughs> Thomas sits in the bathroom for like an hour. Okay. Okay. He, He's got uh, some family drama we got to work out. He might need a colonoscopy. Another kind no, I don't. So, and I know that there's girls who listen to the podcast. I know my sister-in-law deals with it. I never understand what it is with guys and their favorite spot in the house is the toilet. And at one point I said, are you, am I like, do you not want to be around me? Am I bothersome? Like why your asshole is going to fall out into the toilet. You sit on it for so long. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that inappropriate? Sorry. No, 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 no. But I, I agree with like he should he should go out, uh, go out because the the less he's with you, the less likely you are to get pregnant. <laughs> he's gonna go get an oil change. He's gonna change my oil. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. So we don't have to belabor the le- the election stuff anymore. Um, but this is an electoral thing. Did you read the the dog story in Kentucky that I sent you? I didn't read what you sent me because I already saw it. So I (laughs) thought that was so cute. So a French bulldog named Wilbur was elected the mayor of Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Now, this is a peculiar tradition that they do every year. uh, And I think Wilbur was a runaway winner from this tradition that came around in the 90s. Um, and it gets a ton of votes. It's like actual engagement. It made me think of the uh, the signs that started to pop up, whether actually on people's lawns or online, like um, dogs instead of humans for 2020. Yeah. Dogs 2020, yeah. Uh, Wilbur Wilbur had a big win over a couple of other dogs. He looks like a, a cute guy. It looks like he'll... Now, unfortunately... It's kind of ceremonial. He's not actually the mayor. He doesn't get any kind of political clout. But I wanted to ask you, 
Uh-huh. And we've already touched, we've gone with this a little bit with, with Sunny and how Sunny talks and you imitate uh-huh. her voice or how she would be speaking as a human. I wanted uh-huh. to ask you, and, and I'll give you my opinion on my guys, which of your dogs would you like to be in some kind of political position, Sunny or Pete? Oh, Sunny. How come? Sunny is a potty mouth Kamala Harris kind of character. Okay. Um, Petey is a, oh, Jesus. Like, do you know the kid from Half-Baked? You remember Half-Baked with Dave Chappelle and there was the white guy? No. Um, oh, God. What was his name? What was his, his like, co-star? Ugh, like, the face. I'll have to send it to you. I imagined Petey to be, like, this, like, not the brightest. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. And I know that because he does silly, silly stuff. <laughs> like, he just, we're like, Pete, calm down. And he'll stop and he'll look at you and his lip will be stuck. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> like, Jim, that's what I imagine Pete to be. Jim Brewer? Maybe. Is that his name? White guy? I, even, yeah. I mean, he's the other guy on the, uh, looks like he's the other guy on the uh, movie but poster. His, but his baked face. Yes. You, uh, you can't give me any weed references. I mean, you should know that. Ashley today asked me something about weed. I was like, are you texting the right person? When have I ever mentioned anything at all? And she brought up one one thing in the years that I've known her and all the personal business we've shared on the air, on the podcast, between one another. There's been like one one weed reference. And she was like, hey, I got some stuff. I was like, Is that wrong oh person. God. But um, yeah. so, so Sunny would be the one. Sun- yeah, Sunny would be the one to take over. She would be the one to get people to follow her. And she would be secretly manipulating them. And she would be the one to, like, argue with somebody and win the argument. Yeah, definitely Sunny. And she gets people to do whatever they want, whatever she wants them to. Very House of Cards of her. <laughs> yes. Sunny is Sunny is an evil bitch. Did you watch House of Cards? No, but I know who you're talking about. We'll call her Sunny Underwood. <laughs> but I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, who she was... She was kicking me last night for not petting her, actually. How can a dog with such little legs kick? She kicks the hell out of you, and she will grunt. Like, if you, if she comes and sits next to you, and you are not petting her, she will turn her little back leg to you and kick you and just growl until you pet her and kick you some more. Attitude. She does have attitude. Who do you think I would go with of my dogs? Andre. Why? I feel like Andre would be the political person and Diddy would be the security. You're not wrong, but I would go <laughs> I would go with Diddy. You would? Yeah. Why? Cuz he's his his temperament is more social? No, well, yes, but Diddy's temperament is he's stoic, he's independent. He doesn't need mm-hmm. me. He's not affectionate. I feel like I'm I'm a desperate girlfriend when I ask him to give me kisses. He's just very stoic and solid. And I feel like that's the, the exact temperament you need. Like, that's good for security. Like, the security person never smiles. Like, that's Diddy. Who'd so, you get first? I got Diddy first. Is that why you got Andre? Because you needed more love that Diddy wasn't providing? <laughs> Subconsciously, probably. But I did That's wa- why I got Petey. I did want a second dog. But, but Andre's too hyper. He's too bossy. He's too Pavlovian. Like, He's on the clock. He's got to eat. Diddy, Diddy's all good. Diddy is com- like nearly as self-sufficient as a dog can be, and that just that very chill temperament of his it would be very good in politics. I think. See, I feel like Diddy was the hyper one, and Andre was the when, when people stoic come over. One. When oh, people, okay. When people come over, yeah. 
Um, and Andre, for all the, for as social as he is, he doesn't like crowds or anything like that. He's he's kind of like a dichotomy in in, in himself. Like Diddy, Diddy's always social until he's just like, all right, I've I've bounced it all out. I've kissed you. I've sat on you. I'm good now. But his his temperament, his independence, his lack of affection makes for a great politician. So that's probably Sunny. Like she growls anytime I lean down to give her a little kiss on the on the top of her head, and she'll growl. She'll like, oh, get away from me. But Petey lives for that. Like Petey will literally stick his whole tongue down your throat not mine he doesn't come anywhere near my face but um he will try he he certainly tries he's such a lover i feel like pd would be like the hype man for sunny because he adores her and she's just so sick of him <laughs> she's like get away from me as i you might remember yeah andre i've had a couple of dogs that i've been around in my life that they just won't stop kissing and licking and that that's andre mm-hmm. um andre like when i'm trying to put my shoes on he'll be he'll be pawing me yeah. Um, and just yeah. out of habit, I'm, like I stopped putting my shoes on and I let him give me his paw. Diddy, on the other hand, nothing. Like, no, the only thing he likes is I see when he's in a certain position and I'm like, did you want a chest rub? Did I know you want a chest rub? You want a chest rub. And then he rolls over on his back and he loves getting his chest rub. Anything he's else? Like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? He's like, uh, he's like Ralph Nader, or Bernie Sanders, like off in his own world, just needs himself. Oh my gosh. Um, next. Next thing to get to here. Hold on. Sorry, I was just getting a... Oh, that wasn't good. Um, Uh-oh. The, uh, the, the laws that were passed in Oregon, the state, mm-hmm. this, is, uh, this is right up our alley. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. We both view criminality in, in the same way. In fact, I was just uh, I was listening to all the political stuff and something over the last couple of days. It struck me like... Somebody was accused of, uh, or, or somebody touted themselves as tough on crime. It might have been like uh, Mr. Dia, uh, Tony Dia, running for for the council seat, and I and I mm-hmm. and that that struck me because a couple weeks ago it was like criminals usually fall in two in two, bu- in two buckets for me. Um, there's a mental health issue in play, or some kind of desperation. That that most cases, I think you can put a lot of criminals there, and it's it's a very general statement, but that's what I'm going to go with. Um, and I heard tough on crime. And I thought, now we should change that word. We should be more thoughtful. Not like, sensitive is probably a little too progressive, but we should be more thoughtful on crime. And that's what uh, this law passed in Oregon, the state of Oregon, will do. Let me let me read this. Um, they have, uh, let's see, in the first, first in the nation, Oregon, Oregon has rejected charging drug users with criminal offenses, with voters passing a ballot measure that decriminalizes the possession of heroin, Meth, LSD, Oxy, and other hard drugs. Um, Measure 110 is arguably the biggest blow to the war on drugs, which we all know by now has been a complete and utter failure and just a cash grab for a variety of places. Um, Instead of going to trial and facing the uh, possible jail time, a person would have the option of paying a $100 fine or -hmm. attending new addiction recovery centers funded by millions of dollars of tax revenue from the state's legalized, regulated marijuana industry. How about that? I think that's fantastic. I saw, I like to watch live PD and there's been a couple of, um, I've seen a couple of episodes now, I think it was in, actually in Florida, to be honest, um, where a kid got pulled over, had was in possession of marijuana and he got a citation. And he's like, you're not gonna take me to jail? He's like, no, I'm just gonna give you a citation. So it would have been like that $100 fine or 
or whatever. Um, I think that's fantastic because I think that people are now prioritizing keeping folks out of jail that don't need to be there and also identifying that people need help and giving them, you know, jailing them is not necessarily helping them. Although some folks have gotten clean in jail and never gone back. I know a lot of people who um, account their sobriety to the time they served in jail. But um, yeah, I'm all for it. Me too. Um, and, And now more people are starting to at least listen to the idea that addiction is, is a brain disease. And we've talked to you and I before, um, and others about, uh, safe injection sites Mm -hmm. and that's, those places are popping up. It's a little too progressive for here where we live, but to, to recap those safe injection sites, you can go do drugs legally. You just kind of have to get a talking to and some literature to dissuade you from continuing with this rather than you doing it in an empty apartment where you're very likely to, to, to be found dead or, or overdose. So there's some education involved there. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see how this all plays out. I didn't even think about, because the other side of this was it, it, People just thought they're like they're going to decriminalize heroin. Yeah, but there's also an addition of uh, funds to accessible services for these people as well. And I love the idea that they're making great use out of the money being raised from what everybody wanted, the legalization of marijuana. That's a great place for that to go. And you you talked about jail. In some way, like our tax dollars, I think, are being used for, for inmates. Um, right. I know there's privatization of jails, but we've got the Lucas County Jail. And I know that, you know, our tax dollars pay for inmates. Mm-hmm. I, If you want to strip it down, you'd much rather have your tax dollars going towards making a better person than somebody not getting rehabilitated in jail. So the other, um, did you, was it also the um, Oregon State or Colorado that legalized mushrooms, like the use of uh, I can't even pronounce it. Psilocybin. I don't know, but I know all the all the progressive drug measures around the country, like were completely green lit. Yeah, so I think it was either Oregon or Colorado. Only reason why I'm thinking Colorado because weed has been legal there for a long time. But this is a um, a, a mushroom that consumed in large doses trip gives you a trip, like trips you out, but consumed in micro doses helps you with anxiety and depression and stress. So it, it, it's, it's in tradition. Is it Oregon? Uh, yeah. Uh, and and I, I saw the word that's, that's uh, on Tuesday. They also legalized therapeutic use of psilocybin mushrooms. I'm guessing the PS silent. Yes. With and a two, with a two-year development period, war veterans with PTSD, terminally ill patients, and others suffering from anxiety had voiced yes. support. I, I love Insane. all these measures out there. And I mean, just, and there's documentaries that are coming out about that specific kind of mushroom and that, um, sorry, my dogs are in the background fighting, um, and um, just the benefits of it in a microdosed form. If you consume high amounts of it, then you're going to have a trip like LSD, like you're going to you're going to go on a full trip. Um, but um, yeah, that's interesting. The goal is to get people off of these, but... Mm-hmm. Let me read you a couple of lines that jumped out to me. One from this story, this from the AP, more about Oregon. This is such a big step in moving to a health-based approach of criminal uh-huh. criminal punishment um, and instead of criminal punishment, and we're devoting significant new resources to help Oregonians who need it. So a lot of this idea, and I, you probably know about this, a lot of the way Oregon does these things comes from Portugal, which had a massive drug crisis in the 70s and 80s and 90s, I think because of like author- authoritarian rule 
Uh, oh. Part of this one story I pulled, you couldn't even buy a, like a soda there. And then I think in the early part of this century, in 2001, they just changed everything. Um, I don't want to give you the, the, the long version of this, but I'll just jump ahead. And, and basically, Portugal has had a great amount of success, uh, especially pulling down their HIV crisis two decades ago by decriminalizing almost any and all drugs of personal use. And at the very least, this is something that we can adopt here, and maybe Oregon is a first step in that. Um, ba, 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 ba. Sorry, I've got to find the paragraph. While there's still debate about the policy and how easily it could be applied to other countries, it is clear that on the ground in Portugal, healthcare workers feel better equipped to help addicts. Uh, that's not the line I wanted. Good. I'm sorry. Hold on. Didn't you also send me something about prostitution being decriminalized? I'm all, I'm all for that, too. <laughs> Here's the line. Portugal still has a ways to go with some people continuing to use drugs in terrible conditions. But this person says what America and other countries can learn from Portugal is to treat people with more dignity. Exactly. 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 Dignity, dignity, dignity. I mean, anytime I'm talking about what I do, what our county should be doing, it's dignified services, stigma free services, dignified services, harm reduction. not decriminalizing these things is reducing the harm that jail, you know, of, of putting somebody in jail and them being hurt or them having um, fines to pay for and they don't have money and they lose their license. All of these things, you know, that are, that keep people um, addicted to substances, keep people out of jobs, keep people out of homes, you know, all of those things. So which are I'm which, all, which we pay for. Yeah, that's our tax yeah. stuff. Like you guys at the center. Uh, what's the number that you told me when we first met? Like if somebody goes through there, there's an X amount of percentage chance of them not being hospitalized. Seventy. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's it it's. I don't, what's the old line? Uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of care. In some of these cases, like with you guys, it's not an ounce of prevention. Maybe it's half a pound of prevention is worth mm-hmm. a pound of care. Um, and it it, it 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 should go without saying, but I get to, I get that these are new philosophies and strategies and thoughts to people. Um, but you don't just go, hey, you're doing meth. We're not going to throw you in jail. We're gonna we're not going to look the other way. Another part of this, Portugal complemented its policy of decriminalization by allocating greater resources across the drugs field, expanding and improving prevention, treatment, harm reduction, and social reintegration programs. Yeah, so. and, and I think that there needs to be an incentive to hire more individuals who are going to, going to treat people like people. You know, you're treating the person, not the condition, um, because it doesn't matter if you're decriminalizing them and they're not going to jail where where they're going to get help they're being talked to like they're a criminal or like they're a thief or they're lying or you know they're not being truthful you have to like accept them as they are and as they're presenting and treat them the same as if it was a sober person in front of you you know yeah um what was i gonna throw in there about the portugal portugal and oregon thing god sorry my my thoughts i'm all scatterbrained today so many fun things to to talk about that's okay i'm still watching the election coverage Anything new in the last 20 minutes that we've been talking? Uh, no, Georgia uh, Georgia is, is like, there's literally 0.3% between Trump and Biden and Georgia. Like, it's so 
so small of a margin. This this could work out perfectly for people like us where they drag it on and it's a slow, <laughs> agonizing death and his, his lawsuits continue to get thrown out. And then he gets Georgia, Pennsylvania, Nevada, and he can have North Carolina, but then it doesn't turn into like 270. It turns into like 290 or 300 or whatever he can get. Mm-hmm. Are um, you talking about Biden? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think if Arizona is settled and he gets Nevada, that's it. We're at 270. Yeah, the, not, Georgia is um, 98% of the vote is in already, and there's a 0.3 margin between the two of them. Uh, to go back to the Oregon thing and, and the Portugal stuff, uh, I guess some people have speculated, and I didn't see any data in that one story that I pulled up, and, and there's probably tons of it now, that more people since 2001 and the change of policy in Portugal have experimented with drugs. But mm-hmm. I, I would maybe equate that to uh, European cultures, where drinking happens at a younger age. And mm-hmm. because it's less of an oh, wow, you're more responsible about it. But I don't have any science or data to back that up. It's purely just a, you know, a, a theory. So I... No, I I would say I know firsthand of a small experience of European culture and that you're exactly right. So drinking is is legalized at 18 years of age there. And so they have there's less alcoholism, I believe, because it's not you know, you don't you turn 18 and you can have a drink and you don't feel like you've been missing out for, you know, however long. So you're consuming it in large amounts and um, drugs are actually more common there. Like not that it's it's still you still can't have them, but like a lot of people are on drugs there when they're when but only when you're out and you're having drinks or you're partying, it's not as it's not as abused um, in some European countries as it is here. I, um, I, I call it like the cookie jar theory. Yeah. If you're told to stay out of the cookie jar, you're more likely to want to put your right. hand in there as opposed to, hey, you can have a half of a cookie after dinner for a snack. Right. You're less likely to have. And you can apply that to a bazillion different things. Lots of diets yeah. and urges and cravings. But and, cl- uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and that still happens here. It still happens here. But like, like in European countries, you know, uh, Sarah is going to have some cocaine when she's out at the club with her friends on Saturday night, but she's not going to have it on Sunday or any other day in the week. And maybe right. not, not for the rest of the month or not until she goes out again. So that addiction component is not there. Um, but, and I've, I have learned that not from experience. I've never done drugs, but I do know people who have consumed them in social settings in, in European countries and they are not considered addicts under the dsm-5 <laughs> yeah and i i don't know this at all i know that there have been many movies over the years that that have been made the sicario movies whatever the mm-hmm. i think it was the what, what was the mexico one from the early 2000s i don't think it was brad pitt there were famous people in it i forget but there's been tons of drug movies made over the last 30 Narcos. years <laughs> I love that show on Netflix. I, well, I love the I first two seasons of, yeah. of that show. Same. But uh, I'm going to guess if you dig into it pretty well or, or not even digging that deep, that the war on drugs has made a lot of people in this country very, very rich. That's why we've been so reluctant to uh, to be m- more liberal like Oregon, Portugal, and other places that you just talked about in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, as with, with anything, follow the money. And just like putting people in jail makes people rich keeping people addicted to drugs or selling drugs or people fighting a, an unwinnable war on drugs keeps people rich in some way. So that's why we probably haven't made any advancements in this liberal direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. But um, I am, I was very like impressed to see the um, microdosed mushroom 
be legalized for therapeutic use in Oregon. I'm like, whoa, the U.S. is definitely going there. Like, that's interesting. It's amazing. And I don't want to go too much longer on this so we can yell at GameStop. Um, (laughs) I wish people would, I guess, peel back another layer of of the onion. Because I think a lot of the reason that marijuana has been so slow to be legalized, and granted, it's been a bit of a of an avalanche recently, but it was a it was a hard push. Like I remember when we when we got it here a couple of years ago, there was some there was it was like legal to have something in the state, but then the county could get you and but it's the ball is rolling now, but there really is only one Colorado. And most of this I think is because of pharmaceutical companies who are lobbying against it. Because if you have these other hallucinogens, even in small mm-hmm. doses like the mushrooms, to help you for your ailments, well, you don't have to. You don't have to be a quote unquote addicted to another drug. Like if there's a mushroom that I could take as opposed to my right. Cymbalta, and it does the same thing. Well, that takes money out of uh, the pharmaceutical companies' pockets, so they lobby against that to make sure that these drugs aren't. Legalized, And if people who would just go, wow, healthcare is outrageously expensive, like what you talked about with your medication to start the podcast, and you know this, but if people go, wow, this is so expensive, I can't afford blank, if they would only go, holy shit, there's something else there out there that can help me, I should support this cause. Mm-hmm. And that's, it, that's what's incredibly frustrating, um, because they should never have that amount of control. Like, y- y- there should be a world where the two exist, and you're not like holding, you know, 30% of the world's money in drug, you know, pharmaceutical companies. And I think that, um, you know, you needing to be on Cymbalta when there could be, you know, or me needing to be on my medication when I know for a fact there's something else out there that literally resolves all of my daily ailments uh, without any toxic side effects. Like I'm on medication just to offset the side effects of the medication I need to take to be, to feel better, to like live. And that's, and that is terrible. And there's other things that I can do safely that will, that would help me 10 times more than any medication I've been prescribed in the last four years. And legally I can't do those things, but I can have a prescription for, um, what, uh, Vicodin or Percocet, Percocets. And, you know, I would, I'd be okay to do that. I, I just don't, I don't understand. It's, I mean, I do understand. It's just I don't think I've been as frustrated about it as I have been at least this year. And so, I'm, to be honest, I'm hoping that with the Joe Biden presidency, we can work on getting some of those things done on a federal level so that, you know, states or employers can't really determine what they're going to allow and what they're not going to allow. Yeah. Um Last thing on, on this, because we've stretched this out in a lot of different ways, and it's a fascinating discussion that we're both very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, all the people who get scared of the S word, socialism, and this mm-hmm. is not that discussion, because that's a whole nother one. Um, well, you, do you, people, they, they get afraid that they hear socialized medicine. And they're like, mm-hmm. that's it, the government's going to run everything. Well, if you would again peel back a layer the socialized medicine you might be complaining about might get you the medication that you're paying an arm and a leg for for a lot cheaper. Or maybe you don't have to keep the job you hate with Mm -hmm. employer health care and still have to pay a lot for your medication if the health care system was this way. But people people can't, they can't pull it apart. They can't deconstruct it like that. 
Exactly. It could allow you to afford the surgery that you need on your knees so you don't have to walk with a cane, like, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I was having a disagreement with somebody about that a couple days with Jordan, uh, you know, a regular disagreement, not like a heated one. And he goes, well, you know, with socialism or or socialized health care, he's like, the value of doctors isn't going to be as high anymore. Doctors aren't going to want to be doctors. And I said, why? Because they're not receiving hundreds of thousands of dollars a year while the rest of us are like paying hundreds of paying is that much in healthcare. Like that, I, I still think people are going to want to be doctors because it's yeah. still a social, you know, just like people want to be social workers knowing they're not getting paid. You know what I mean? I agree. It, <laughs> that, no, that's been the, and I've, I've heard that like, if we do it this way, you'll have a lot less access and a lot less people wanting to do that. But, and then you go, wait a second. I thought most doctors get in it to help people and then they are right. handsomely rewarded. Right. Now, not everybody, but I, I think if you'd ask most people, and we see a lot of medical professionals uh, around here, again, UT's right down the street and, and so many other people who might not be doctors, but they get in it to do it because they want to help people. Exactly. And I think that hospitals are still going to want to be the best. Like the Cleveland Clinic is still going to try to strive to be the best heart hospital in the world. Like, so... I don't think, you know, I don't think that it, it will, it, I, don't, I don't think it would work that way. I think, yeah. I think that you can debunk that argument. I, I don't think that he was really pushing it as like the only reason. I think he was just bringing it up as to be devil's advocate, but. Um, There's a lot of other reasons not to be doctors now too. I, I, I've read things, whether, whether their accuracy, I guess is debatable, but I've seen that, you know, doctors are getting burned out because they're just cranking through patients with the way that the insurance system works now. It, it, it's chaos. And look, I want to wreck the constitution, but I'd rather wreck the healthcare system and start from ground up on that. For another podcast, remind me to tell you my story about, I've had two unique experiences. One, I had a friend who was living here from France and I have a friend who was living here from Scotland. And I had to, both of them, I had to help them with health emergencies while they were here, uninsured. So remind me to tell you those stories because they're actually pretty interesting. I, I love all, <laughs> I love all the healthcare. My, my friend, um, she was trying, she, she messed up her shoulder. She, she thought she needed surgery, but she can do rehab. And now she's looking, you know, it's, it's open enrollment. And I love helping people with that stuff because I have become a little bit of a wizard with that stuff after getting dinged so hard over the last 15 years with that. But um, next topic, and we'll, we'll do this quickly and we'll, we'll wrap it up for the day. Uh, GameStop is doing some kind of employee contest where you take part in the red wine TikTok challenge. Do you know what that is? I do not. Okay. Woof! Um, she, Sunny knows what it is. I, 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 I think I know what it is. I can't describe it well enough. It sounds very self-explanatory. But uh, if, if their employees do well, if they win it, they can pick from a whole bunch of like, pretty cool prizes. One of the prizes, though, is I want to say it's completely fucking idiotic, but I know that some people like this. One of the prizes is I'll, I'll guess that it's overtime or, or time and a half, but you get to work on Black Friday. I don't see how that I don't see how giving someone work uh, how that's a prize. <laughs> Even I, I do know people like getting overtime, but when it's a prize for something, I think the more the the, the better way, the less greedy, capitalistic way of going about it would be. You can have the hours, but you don't actually have to work. Right here, I'll, you'll get money. However much money it's going to cost somebody to work eight hours on Black Friday, we'll just give you that, so you'll get a bonus. 
Right. I don't know that. Uh, yeah, that's stupid. Are they are they actually trying to get people to want to work Black Friday because they don't? I wonder if that's what they're doing. Like I, nobody ever wants to work Black Friday, so they have a contest out. No, that wouldn't work. No, that it's stupid. very it's ridiculous it. to a lot of different levels. But I do like talking about people and their hours and what they make. Um, so my whole life, I've been on salary, and I've I've always uh, called them sick and vacation days. I know that that's kind of transitioned over to PTO mm-hmm. but I know pay pay scales or, or pay strategies um, have changed over the years so I was talking to somebody last week and she's full-time hourly mm-hmm. and I'm guessing that she works 40 hours a week and anything over she gets paid overtime but we were talking about how she has PTO and I was like oh like sicker like I said I call those sick and vacation days and then she was explaining to me that it's different because she's full-time hourly she mm-hmm. gets 10 PTO hours a week oh I'm sorry oh. a month a month a month a month oh uh, yeah okay yeah so again I guess that's how me always being salary is different like I work until the work is done yeah and thankfully I don't have 70 hours a week of work but what employers put on people these days is is crazy but i just want to get i wanted to pick your brain on how all this works and like pto and sick time vacation days all that stuff i am salaried but i do have pto i have um paid time off and sick days and they do like but because but it is a a blessing to be salaried because i can like there are times where i am working you know i was on a panel with uh, you know last friday that i was working until like 7:30 and so um, I don't get that overtime and I don't get to flex that time. Like, you know, I'm just I just worked until 730 that day. I could if I wanted to, but I'm just like, you know, nah. And there are some days where uh, like today I had a meeting, you know, that let, took me out of the center. And so I said, I'm just going to go work from home for the rest of the day um, because I can. I don't have to go in and clock out. It's, but I forget. I don't know. I'm just the kind of worker where I work, 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 work. And where I, if I have something that I have to do, I will try to accommodate that kind of within my work. And so I'm always trying to use up all my vacation time by the end of the year. Like I still, I feel like I have, I'm halfway through my my fiscal year. Next month, I'll be halfway through and I have used more than 20 hours of vacation time and I have like 180 hours. <laughs> All right, so questions. Do you yeah. call, do you call it do you so I still say sick time or vacation days. Do you is that do you say that or PTO? I say vacation days, but it's the same thing. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. In yeah. most places I've ever worked, um and I was with one company for a long time, uh you got two weeks of vacation. You got two, when you start you get two weeks of vacation, like so ten days and five mm-hmm. sick days. And where I was, the sick days rolled over. And I never took sick days. I had a bazillion sick days. Yep. And the vacation days didn't roll over. But the longer I, I met, I was with that with the last company so long, I got four weeks of vacation, which I could never all use anyway. But the vacation yep. didn't roll over. How does yours work? So our vacation does not roll over. Our sick time does roll over. And um, we are always sending out vacation hours starting in April and reminding people to use them before because our fiscal year ends at the end of June. This year, though, I was really I I think it was part of our I don't know. I think it was part of our covid. We got some money because our business was affected by covid. 
and you know everybody everybody traditionally would use their vacation time but everybody was working from home beginning right. march so and nobody could go anywhere so my job was actually able to anything any vacation hours you had over 40 um 40 they would pay us so they paid Good. it out to us and then the rest of the 40 they said you do have to use this they were trying to encourage people to take some time off just because you're working from home doesn't mean that you don't need to still take time to yourself so i was really i i was glad that they encouraged that but um yeah and the beauty of a nonprofit is our vacation and sick time packages are fantastic so it, like if I, you know, for the first three years, I get, you know, X amount of hours, I think it's like 130. And then it goes up by 20 every two years after that or something like that. So I think I'm around 180 hours uh, of vacation time and like, I don't even know, 100 something hours of sick time. And it just goes up and up and up and up. Yeah. Um, and there's some people that have been at the company 20 years. Can you imagine how much vacation and sick time they have? My, uh, when my dad retired from the city of Philadelphia, um, it, all that stuff accumulated for him. And they had, when he retired, he had some way to go about it, but that was money. Like all those sick days and vacation days. And this is why municipalities, uh, are broke. Like I think that like you've heard like the city of Detroit is broke because they were pl- paying, um, like pensions and sick time and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Somebody like my dad who retired, early and got a bit of a buyout like they also had to pay him for all the days he never took off like those times are long gone now mm-hmm. well sort of yeah yeah i guess you can say that and um but in at least in nonprofits, you're not getting paid you know i do i feel like i get paid well for what i do but um there are certainly positions that i can take that pay me more outside of the nonprofit sector but they make up for it in your benefits. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, a- absolutely. Like, definitely make up for it. Like we talked about with the Coke and the healthcare workers. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to consider, I, I, I realized they want a little bit more money to pay for the more expensive healthcare. Um, but your employer's costs for healthcare might have gone up. And you've, the larger point is you've got to treat your healthcare costs or, or what you are or are not paying as mm-hmm. income. Um, mm-hmm. I know my brother where he works for the car place back home, one of the car dealers, he has really good benefits and he doesn't pay a lot. He doesn't make a lot of money, but that healthcare benefits that, that he never actually uses anyway, like that. And if you don't use it, that that's what it is. Great. You're healthy, but that's income too, because one way or another, you know, you're paying, you're either paying the premium, you're paying for the healthcare, but if they're paying more of it and you're not getting as much salary, you know, it's six in one hand, half dozen in another. And again, it's more of like peeling back layers of things to see the bigger picture. But do you, but at the, at the same, the same token, is it reasonable for business, for jobs to potentially pay a little bit less in benefits and pay their employees that difference, like pay them a little bit more? They could. I, where did like where would we see that value? It just depends on where they view the value. You know, I personally feel like my value would be in you paying me more. <laughs> I'd rather have the healthcare because the the small value that you might get, like like say it's five grand or three mm-hmm. grand, that money rather than whatever the health. Because you know what, like that money is not going to make or break your life. But if you have a healthcare emergency, that can break you. That's that is that is very true, if you know how to understand your uh, health insurance plan. But that was the podcast last earlier this week, yeah. Tuesday, <laughs> Monday. Um, I don't know. 
So yeah, I was fascinated by that. And when the the girl told me that, uh, like she is given the, the whole hourly thing, like rocks me. It's just hard to wrap my mind around because again, I've always been salary, and as a manager, I've always been. And granted, what I do is as flexible as any job there is outside of when we're on the radio, but all the mm-hmm. other things that float around it. Um, like I, if if your work is done and it's done successfully uh, and you've met what I've asked, get the hell out of here. Go, go take your time. I'm not going to drill you down. I mean, cause what, at least what I got to and others where I used to work, it was so hard to use the vacation days because you had to work so far ahead to use the days. Yeah. The email still happened when you were away. And then when you got back, you had to work so hard to catch up. So I was I always flexible with, with my employees. I think more people need to adopt that. I would, I'm actually trying to teach that, like by leading by example right now and that you have the sick time, you have the vacation time to use. If you can use it, you should use it. And I think that there's a lot of people that in my previous job, there was a person who would shame the hell out of you for taking two days off in the week. They're like, you're off two days. And it's like, I mean, but what am I going to do here? Like my work is done. I've got everything covered and I have the time to use. So what's the problem? And I think that more people need to adopt that kind of mentality, even with um, with Jordan and I. And he's like, hey, are you OK if I leave? And I was like, yeah, are you all right? And like, yeah, I'm good. And I said, OK, sure, yeah. you can use some time. Not a whole lot going on around here. And I've said to him verbatim, I hope that when that time, when the time comes and somebody is looking at you or when I'm saying the same thing, you can extend that same courtesy because it's just not to say that he doesn't, but it's just that teaching moment. Yeah. Same with same with the staff. And they're like, so-and-so's never here. And it's like, was well, everything going okay? Everything running smoothly? Yes. Any problems? No. Okay. Then what's yeah. the problem? Meet people, like I've always been the kind, if there's an eight-hour workday, I'd rather work my ass off for five hours than get the hell mm-hmm. out rather than be trapped for whatever the, the length of the workday is. Right. And to it's your, a, it's, to your it's vacation. About having, yeah, it's about having a healthy mind and just... And, and wanting wanting people to be like upbeat and be in a good mental space and not, you know what I mean? Just well, those caring studies, about the person. Those studies are out there that uh, a healthy, happy employee is, it exactly. really does bring money to the bottom line. And that's why <laughs> we don't have these places here, but I'm sure you've heard of the places that have incorporated all kinds of wellness uh, aspects to whatever the workplace is. I mean, I'm not yeah. talking like the some of the tech places where there's ping pong in the middle of the, the workspace, but just things that I remember. Where, where did I go? Oh, I went to Owens Corning before. They have a gym in there. They have a quiet area. Oh, they have a little awesome. concierge area. I mean, mm-hmm. that is the probably in this area the pinnacle of of taking care of your employees um, from head to toe, financially and, and holistically. Um, the guy that fired me twice from <laughs> iHeart like the one thing the one positive thing that I took from him was he said uh, a couple of years ago he was reminding everybody hey take your vacation they don't give out an award at the end of the year who who has the most unused vacation right right right, right. like it doesn't you know it's commendable but nobody's going to look at you as a better employee because you're always here and you never use your vacation time take care of yourself and I think that I love companies that do that. I'm not going to shit on larger companies like possibly, I'm going to make the assumption like hospitals like ProMedica where they have wellness programs and they give you, I at a hospital I worked at when I was in my 20s, they gave you a Fitbit and you walked. And if you got your steps up to a certain 
you know, steps per day, you get a prize. I'm not looking for something like that. I'm looking for a manager that I work with on a daily basis that I know cares about me as a person. That's when I feel valued. That's great that your company is giving people pizza parties and, you know, showing and little gift cards for Christmas. But I need courtesy and kindness and to be treated with respect and to, you know, I, I need to know that you care about me as an individual. And I feel like that can really only be done at the management level with the yeah. pe- with your with the people that you that work for you. Heaven forbid you have all of that stuff. <laughs> um, that's why I, I enjoy working for Dana because she cares about Dana's so fantastic. And she cares about us as people first before employees. That's why I'll, I'll do she would, whatever for her. She barely would see me. And anytime I would come in, she would just treat me with such like a smile. And how are you doing it? Like she act like she cared. And I feel like she really did. And yep. just even at the party, I really like Dana a lot. Yep, I want to see good things for her. I'll tell her to listen to the podcast. She, she's been doing budgets the last couple of weeks. So oh, her, bless her. Her head's been spinning. Um, last thing you talked about the Fitbit. I remember when I was a kid, um, when, so my dad working, he was, yeah, was still with the city of Philadelphia at that time. Um, I guess that was the beginning of wellness. He had to bring a piece of paper with him to the gym and they had to <laughs> sign it at the front desk. And if he went yep. like to the gym X amount of times per month, he got X amount of dollars off of insurance. So I love that those kind of incentive incentivization programs, whether it's to bring down your costs or to grab some prizes, because again, a healthy person is probably a more productive employee. But what do you think makes the bigger impact? Like giving employees the option to sign into that for prizes or making sure that all of the people that are supervising employees treat that, you know what I mean? Like treat them with dignity and respect and all those things that I just said, meaning that your employee might have a better sense of like better self-esteem, you know, mental health is intact. Physical health is intact because they're not feeling stressed. Do you see what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. which has what has a bigger impact? You're not going to like my well. I won't disagree with you at all, but you're not going to like my answer. Okay. Uh, because the obvious one is being treated with respect and dignity, and and, right. and again, <laughs> people people quit people, not jobs. Exactly. But I, I guess if we were going in blind, mm-hmm. and so in in the right hand was. Uh, a manager or a supervisor and I didn't know much about them. And the left hand was incentivization programs. Mm-hmm. I might take the left because it's far because that's that's a guarantee whereas for the for the most part people aren't good managers. Yeah. They you, need to be though and we need to I, hire good managers. I, I completely agree, but am I wrong that you'd rather mm-hmm. take the solve incentives rather than risk the higher likelihood no. of getting stuck with a shit manager? No, and in the in a in a um, dream world, we should have both. Like we should, yeah. you know what I mean. There should be both. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're done. You can uh, go get go wipe Thomas's butt. He's he went and got an oil change. Thomas, is your, <laughs> is your anus in the toilet? Uh, honestly, it's gonna fall out one day. I'm like, God, get off of the toilet. One day he was in there for an hour and a half on his phone, and so when we have stuff to do, I'm like, put your phone down in the kitchen. And don't take it in that bathroom, and I guarantee you'll be out within five minutes. <laughs> and it, and it, every time it works, every time. I yeah, we all used to have like reading material in the bathroom. But yep. Now, now, now we just and I don't. I think that was more of a male thing than a female thing. But yes. now now it's it's gender neutral because we've got our phones. Yeah, my brother does the same thing. He's in the he's in the bathroom. Michelle is always like laughing about it like he and i think there was a meme going around saying we should put timers in the bathroom 
We can do another topic in addition to your friend's health stuff, but what do girls do in the bathroom now that they're on their phone all the time as much as guys are? On Facebook, I think. See? Yeah. All right. Well, have a good rest of the afternoon. Tell us. Uh, tell Sunny she's running for office. She's she's up by the door sleeping, waiting for Thomas to come back. All right. Bye. We'll talk. Uh, uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.